Cast your burden on the Lord, and He will sustain you. He will never permit the righteous to be moved. That's verse 22 of Psalm 55, which is the psalm appointed for today, Saturday, May the 1st, 2021. You're listening to Faith Seeking Understanding, and I'm John Green, and I'm your host. Thank you for being with me today. We're continuing our study in the Book of Wisdom, and in Colossians, and in also the Gospel of Luke. We're continuing to look at the, the importance of what we seek in our lives, and where where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. It could be the overriding theme for pretty much the entire week this week, it seems. Um, and, and but it's something that we need to be drilled into. Uh, we need to have that drilled into us, rather is a better way to say that. It's, it's important that we adjust our lives based on what it is we're truly seeking. If we're truly seeking after Him, which we should be as Christians, then we, we should set our hearts on Him. We should set our lives on Him. We should measure every single day whether or not that's true, and how would I prove it? Am I seeking Him or am I seeking things? And, and that's the point of, of everything that we're going to look at today is where's your heart? Where's your heart? Um, and, and your heart should be in, in the same place your mind is. And so where's your mind? Where's your mind all day? What, what are you thinking about during the course of the day? Are you thinking about him or are you thinking about other stuff? And it's important that we get that right. Um, Paul is going to tell us in, in the Colossians passage today how we need to live and how we need to think and how, how completely fixed on him we need to be. And, and Solomon, in this wisdom passage, um, is going to give us the most important thing because we are seeking after wisdom. Jesus finishes the gospel lesson that we have today with saying wisdom is justified by all our children. You know, that what, what do we need the most? And I think that's the thing Solomon got right more so than anybody else on earth, and that's the reason he had so much wisdom. It began with wisdom. It began with seeking after wisdom. Because we can have all these other things, but, but I'd rather have wisdom than all those things. I'd like to know the truth about all things. And I'd like to know how to act and what to do in all situations. I'd like to know exactly the way to go rather than trying 7,000 different approaches because I haven't taken the time to sit and be still before the Lord. And in all our activities, sometimes we get lost, frankly. We lose our way and we lose sight of, of the truth and the reality and we get immersed so much in activity that we, that we lose contact with, with truth and we get fooled. And we get suckered into doing things that we should never have done. We find ourselves in places we should never be, but it's because we were so immersed in the activity that we didn't take the time to seek after him and to seek after wisdom. And and Solomon begins this thing by saying, hey, I'm just like everybody else. I came into this world in the same way everybody came into this world, right? I myself am also a mortal man, like to all the offspring of him that was first made of the earth. And he says, so I'm just like everybody else. And it goes back to a thing that, that I've heard credited to um, Bear Bryant before, and that is a team was concerned about playing uh, a team that, that seemed like they were better and all that. And he says, look, they put on their pants one leg at a time just like we do. And that's what Solomon's saying is, is that, I, that I, hey, I'm just like y'all. I came into the world in the same way that you did. He says, there's no king that had any other beginning of birth. There is one sort of who had a different kind of a beginning, but it was still a birth. And that's Jesus. And he says, one, all men have one entrance into life and the light going out. And it's what comes in between those two things that truly matters. And so he says, he says, look, I knew that I was like everybody else, but I had been given this responsibility 
by being made a king after his father David. He said, there are, therefore I prayed, and understanding was given to me. I called upon God, and the spirit of wisdom came to me. I think we undervalue wisdom in our society today. We value knowledge, but we don't value wisdom. And if we want to navigate through life well, what we actually need is wisdom. And wisdom comes from the Lord. And the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, but it's not the end of wisdom. So the fear of the Lord simply means, in, in my mind, nothing more than knowing that he is. And knowing there is a God. There's a God powerful enough to have created all things and who hangs in him all things hang together. And that he will be judge over all things in the end. Therefore, he knows all things. And wisdom is seeking after the knowledge that only God can give to help us see through matters to the truth of things. And sometimes we don't wait for wisdom. We, we substitute knowledge and activity. What do I know? Well, I don't know. What do you do with what you know? That's the really important thing. <clears throat> and if, if there's knowledge that can't do you any good, that there's nothing you can literally do with, then maybe just let that part go and pray for wisdom to know what to do with what you have and, and let God guide you through situations that otherwise you continue to get lost in the weeds on. And Solomon says, I preferred her before scepters and thrones and esteemed riches nothing in comparison with her. I didn't compare her with precious stones either because all gold in respect of her is as little sand and silver shall be counted as clay before her. I loved her above health and beauty and chose to have her instead of light. For the light that comes from her never goes out. And he says, all good things together came to me with her and innumerable riches in her hands. I learn diligently and do communicate her liberally. I do not hide her riches. And, and that is the way we're supposed to deal with wisdom. We're supposed to seek that wisdom so that we can navigate life successfully. So that we can give count, good counsel, good wise counsel to other people. Me, spending time with the Lord, seeking after that wisdom, is not a substitute for you doing the same, because it's not like he's made me some sort of an oracle. It's No, we're all supposed to equally seek that, and then we're all supposed to liberally communicate it as well, as, as he says that he did. But, but instead, we don't take the time to get wisdom. Wisdom is, is an accumulation of of a lifetime but but also we can get specific wisdom in specific instances when we need to know something what are we doing how much time are we willing to wait in order to hear from the lord on things and and that's something that i don't honestly don't do well is wait on the lord for things like that and so i'm i'm having to learn it and the only way that i can learn it is for god to continue to to, to frustrate and thwart my activity so that I can have wisdom instead. It'd be better if I just sat back, prayed, waited, and did whatever he told me to do. It, it, it's something that we've got to get better at, that we need to be better at as a church. We need to be known for our wisdom because we have wisdom that's accessible to us in ways that are not accessible to non-Christians. And so we should be a place of wisdom. That should be the hallmark of Christians, should be that we have wisdom that they don't, the world doesn't have in the same way that Jesus did. And so when Jesus speaks, 
people listened and they said that he has a wisdom that comes from somewhere else. He has an authority that comes from somewhere else. But he took the time always to be out in desolate places by himself with a father. But uh, John, John's disciples are seeing all these things Jesus is doing and Jesus is, John's in prison for having spoken out <coughs> against a marriage, right? And so he, he speaks out against that marriage of Herod and then John hears the things Jesus is doing and, and he calls a couple of his disciples and he said, ask him if he's the one who's to come or shall we look for another? John's already had his sign. He was given exactly the sign to look for and then he saw it. And it's easy for us to do this, actually. I'm not picking on John at all. Because when our own life circumstances don't please us, and don't make any sense to us, then we have a problem, right? And so that problem is, did I really see that? And so it's sort of the question that comes from the beginning, right? It comes to, did God really say? You know, it's the, it's the question in the garden, but it's also the question that Sarah poses to Abraham. Okay, so you're supposed to be the father, but did he say I was going to be the mother? I, I, I don't remember. But instead of going to God, what did he do? He accepted Sarah's solution. You go sleep with my maid, Hagar, and it'll be okay. You have a kid by her. That's what we do. We know better. But, but John does the right thing. He sends these disciples to Jesus to ask. And so they come and they ask him, and Jesus does all kinds of things. In that hour, it says he healed many people of diseases and plagues and evil spirits, and on many who were blind, he bestowed sight. And then he answered the disciples of John, Go and tell him what you've seen and heard. The blind receive their sight, the lame walk, lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the poor have good news preached to them. And blessed is the one who's not offended by me. Well, the problem is he's not just making those things up. He's quoting from Isaiah the work that the Messiah is going to do. And it's sort of an answer to John's question. He's saying the Messiah is going to do all these things right. Right? You just saw me do these things right. Right? There's a problem. And the problem is he leaves out that the captives are set free. You see all these other things, John. We saw all that. So what are we to make of it? If he doesn't do what you need him to do, is he still God? And the answer is, you got to make up your mind, John. You have to decide based on the evidence before you. Even if I don't do what you want me to do, does that mean that I'm no longer the Messiah? And so then Jesus then began to say to other people, what did you go out to see in the wilderness? A reed shaken by the wind? What did you go out to see? A man in soft clothing? No, because people dressed like that are living in king's courts. But what did you go out to see in the wilderness? A prophet? Yeah, I tell you, and more than a prophet. This is he of whom it's written, Behold, I'll send my messenger before your face who will prepare my way before you. He's, he's the one that Malachi said would come ahead of the Messiah. He is Elijah, is what he just said. And I'm the Messiah. He says, I tell you that nobody born among women is greater than John, yet the one who's least in the kingdom of God is greater than him. That's an interesting idea. As much as we hold John the Baptist in, in high esteem and regard... Um, as much as God chose him for that work, obviously, and, and marked him in a different and separate way. And the reason that you're greater in the kingdom of heaven is because you have a full testimony. You have a fuller testimony than John did because John didn't know about the resurrection. And you do. He, you, you know about the crucifixion. You know about Jesus' willing sacrifice of himself for you and for the sake and the sins of the world. John didn't know that. He hadn't seen that but you do. 
And so to the extent that you proclaim that, then you're great. To the extent that you give glory to God in all things, then you share in the, in the glorification of Christ. By glorifying him, you yourself are glorified. And then he says, y'all's problem is that he's pointing at the Pharisees here and saying, yeah, you said John the Baptist was a nut job and that he had a demon. The Son of Man comes doing exactly the opposite things. You say, look at him, a glutton, a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. And then he says, yet wisdom is justified by all her children. And so what he's pointing to is to say, you guys, you can't see and identify reality that stands before you. You lack wisdom. You misjudge John. You're misjudging me. You're not seeking for wisdom. You think you know something. And you might know some things, but you don't have the wisdom to interpret reality. And so you continually make mistakes. Your judgment is flawed because you lack wisdom. And so then in, in Colossians, Paul's calling us to exactly the same kind of thing that, that Solomon is pointing to in that wisdom passage. He says, put, do this, put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved. Live this way. This is what you need to look like. You need to have compassionate hearts kindness, humility, short supply, meekness, and patience. Bearing with one another, and if one has a complaint against another, forgive each other as the Lord's forgiven you, so you must also forgive. And above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect unity. And then let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which you're indeed called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you, richly teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. If, you, if I could give you one thing today, it would be to say, type that up, copy and paste it, do whatever you want, and start every day saying, Lord, give me a compassionate heart. Make me a kind person. Give me humility. Not because of I have to be humble, not because I'm humbled because I made myself proud, but because that's who I should see myself rightly in the world before you. Give me meekness. Help me to, to be the guy who is not trying to be boastful and arrogant. Give me a, a meekness that comes with knowing who I am. It's not a meekness that, that's born out of, of feeling like a, a worm. That's not what it is at all. It's the humility that comes along with knowing that you're but dust, and to dust you shall return. It's the humility and the meekness that comes with saying that I'm, I'm a child of God, and I am nothing in comparison to the one who is the lover of my soul. And then give me patience, Lord. Help me to bear with one another, and help me to forgive as I've forgiven and then help me love. Give me peace. Give me a thankful heart. And then let the word of Christ dwell in me richly. But the only way it can do that is if I put it there. I can't avoid the word of God and expect it to dwell in me richly. It's a silly idea. And then be thankful in all things. And then do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus. That's where we get wisdom. It's from seeking those things. Paul's saying these, these things themselves comprise wisdom, but in these things you'll also find wisdom. Maybe we can find a way tomorrow.
if not today, to be a little less busy and to sit still before him. If he's given you something to do, then he will give you the wisdom to do it and to do it correctly. But not if you don't take the time to seek it.